Hello and welcome to the Redeem the Dream podcast, episode eight. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about a very cool little topic that I've been passionate about for a long time as well, and that is about experiencing God in the margins. And my guests here today are Preston and Matt with Nomad Church Collective. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Well, that's great, man. Great to have you guys here. I appreciate you guys taking the time. And so what exactly do you guys do? Can you explain in a few minutes what Nomad does? So, you know, for us, um, it's something that God both put uh, on our heart uh, a long time ago. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But... um, we both believe that there are there are people out that are in the margins and um, and they are lonely and they are harassed and they are uh, mistreated and, and left left alone and we seek to make disciples of the margins uh, disciples for Jesus by taking the gospel there to those people um, and to invite people uh, in the church. Um, to come with us on that journey, to share the gospel, um, and to to experience um, a journey walking with God um, in with these people in, in the streets and in these neighborhoods that are um, depressed, and and we seek to have other people join us uh, in that endeavor. Yeah, that pretty, that pretty yeah. much sums it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, nice. So, how can people join you in that? Gosh, you know, we, uh, we've participated with a few churches um, in doing like neighborhood walks, prayer walks. Um, to Matt's point, what we do is specifically a spiritual ministry. Now, you know, we run into a lot of homeless people and uh, neighbors who are, you know, in the lower end of the economic spectrum. And um, obviously, if, if we can, we try to connect them to material resources, but mostly we are a spiritual resource. So we're looking to pray with people and help them know the gospel. So as we've led um, several churches on prayer walks, um, the main goal is just to invite people to come down and, hey, why don't you walk around the neighborhood with us, pray for some people, maybe pray over some troubled spots, and uh, perhaps get to meet somebody and interact with them in a way that isn't trying to you know, make them a project, isn't trying to fix them, but is honestly just engaging them at a relational, spiritual level. Um, so that's probably the number one way we get people involved is inviting them to come walk through neighborhoods with us and get to know people. Like Preston said, we have um, you know these partnerships with organizations that are resource ministries, and so you know they've been around for years now, working uh, providing these resources. So it's not like we are out here trying to invent something new. We we actually through that like God presents these amazing opportunities to as we partner with them and connect them with the relationships that God has provided to us with the people out in the communities, he provides an opportunity through that relationship with this organization um, to have a moment to continue that um, evangelistic like outreach and relationship building with these people in the margins um, as we connect them um, almost like you know a referral to these organizations that have very specific ways that they help with resources and so through that it's just another thing that really um, is it builds a deeper foundation that that God has already provided as far as a relationship with these people it just deepens that relationship and adds a deeper foundation um, with these people because not only are we walking with them um, in their spiritual lives first and foremost but God has provided an opportunity for us to 
um, to be able to help and connect them in a way that is providing like a, a, in a holistic way, like the entire person, like all their needs are being met. And so that's been a true blessing to, to see God doing that. Awesome. So what develop, what did you have some kind of life experience at some point in your life, both of you guys that just kind of caused you to develop a passion for what you do now? Kind of to, to develop that why within you. People say if you lose your why, you lose your way. So a lot of people, I thought that was a great saying. One of my friends told me that once. I'm like, dang, that's deep. That's true. So, you know, your why. Can you just kind of talk about talk about that? Yeah, you know, for me, it, it absolutely comes back to Jesus Christ. So, you know, Jesus saved me and started to show me what he cared about, what his heart was for. Even though I grew up in a Christian family, um, it was still Jesus, like, reading the Gospels and going, man, these are the types of people Jesus just seemed to gravitate to. And in fact, those are the people that gravitated toward him. So um, I say that, but I also want to say, like, growing up, my uh, mom especially made sure that, like, me and my brother and sister were engaged with the poor in some way. You know, she grew up pretty poor, grew up, um, you know, kind of moving from town to town, living in the projects, you know, broken family. And um, it was really important for her to exercise her faith in that way. So, gosh, I remember from probably as early as age six, probably before that, but as as far as what I can remember, like age six, my mom taking me to like children's outreach programs where she was volunteering and wanted me to see that there was another world out there than than like the the privileged world that I got to live in and that those people were important to God. so beyond that, you know, I started studying the scriptures, and God just kept bringing me resources. I got really into reading about Francis of Assisi, you know, who had this gigantic heart for the poor, and and saw that, you know, if there was a way to really understand the heart of God more fully, like, you have to be engaged with, with people who are on the margins, with people who are pushed aside, because that's exactly who, who Christ was with, gosh, most of the time. What about you, Matt? Get anything to add? Yeah, so, you know, similarly in my, my upbringing, you know, my, my parents, um, you know, they always were a good example of, of reaching out to um, the, the poor and the lost. And um, so I remember that from an early age, like having, you know, that, you know, you want to you wanna stick up for those who are been mistreated and, and you know, are, have without and those types of things. Um, Later on in life, um, you know, I went some, through some stuff uh, in my family and, um, and actually relating to the church also. And um, at the time, just the situation with, with the church and, and with my family, um, we kind of got pushed away from those relationships and from that church. And it really, um, it really broke something inside of me. And I had a lot of... Uh, a lot of hatred and animosity towards um, people of faith and, and uh, people in the church, and and uh, I kind of I began to isolate myself. And then you know after I graduated high school, I just I disappeared. So I left um, from home and began just living on the streets for a while. Um, I spent some time like on the town, like in the town, like on the streets. And um, for me, it was you know it's a, there's a lot of hassle in that. You know it's you're, you can never rest. It's hard to get sleep. You know, you don't know if, if you're going to get harassed by people in the, in the community or if you're going to get, you know, rolled by somebody out in the street who wants what you have. And so you're, you're always on guard and you're always in survival mode and you don't know if, um, 
what's going to happen. So you don't get a lot of rest. There's a lot of moving and there's a lot of, you know, trying to, trying to get resources within a place that it would seemingly be like you could get a lot of resources. But for me, you know, I, I, at the time, like I, I wasn't a, you know, ask for help type of person. So I, I grew up going out to the woods and camping. My dad was a Marine. And so we spent a lot of time out in the woods. And so for me, this, the simple, like a uh, thing to do was to just go out to the woods. So I moved out, um, to out pretty far out away from like, you know, any kind of civilization. I lived along the river, um, probably about three or four miles up river from uh, 14 Mile Creek uh, along the river of the Ohio. And um, I lived out there for about eight months and I just, I stayed pretty isolated. And um, it was a, it was a tough situation out there too, but I felt like I was, had it more under control uh, because of it. And, um, you know, I tell people, I, you know, it wasn't like some movie where you go out to some place like that and you find yourself and you find God again and then you come back and you're a better, you know, you're in, you're in a better place. I came back like still uh, probably worse than I was because now I was isolated. My, you know, my anger had really um, kind of just solidified and, and um, you know, I, I ended coming, I ended up coming back because I got into a point where I was going to end my life out there and uh, chose not to out of anger that, you know, not letting these people that had hurt me win. So that, that's kind of the place I came back. But in the midst of that, after I came back, you know, God began to do a work in my, in my life. He, he had, he had never left me, even though I, I told people that there was no God, he had never, you know, came away from me, but he was always there. And, uh, and people were praying for me the entire time, my family and, uh, loved ones. And so, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus gave me my life back and, um, and he, he put it on my heart over the years, um, to share that with others, uh, especially those who are in the situation where they're isolated and pushed aside for whatever reason. Um, about six years ago, Preston and I met and, um, you know, we had a conversation that I'll never forget as he began to express to me the passion that God had put on his heart for the poor and marginalized, not just from a standpoint of like, he wanted to be there to like help people get resources, but like a deep spiritual um, passion that the lost would know Jesus. And despite what happened in their physical life, like they, they would be connected to Christ in such a powerful way that they would have, they would know that peace and joy um, of knowing the Lord. And, and not just have a feeling or an emotion about that, but to really back it up with like a belief and faith in God and to hear his scriptures and how Jesus and how, how all of scripture tells us that like the poor will be here with us, but, but we are called to love them in this way. And, um, you know, God's given me this kind of ability that I believe it was from him to be able to tell the difference between, you know, when someone is being sincere and, uh, and when someone's not, and and I could see right through it, and this is one of those times where I could I could see that this is through and through what was was in his heart, and so that from that moment on, you know, I knew that that this was someone that I that I wanted to to walk with and 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 be able to um, continue on this journey, and so a few years later, God provided an opportunity, so it was really cool. That's awesome, man. So what? Can you share maybe a little story or, or something that uh, 
in regards to what God has been teaching you recently? If, I feel like as we walk with God and we, we actually are privileged enough to discover our purpose in Him and walk in that, and the people that do that always have some kind of God story. You know, others get together and talk about the latest movie, talk about some video game or some kind of gossip, but when you're walking with God, you tend to want to talk about God and, man, He did this, He did that, and I'm seeing God here, I'm seeing God there. Is there any cool story recently that happened that you can share where you feel like, man, I'm seeing God move here, um, or here's something that God's really kind of teaching me recently at a deeper level? Is there anything that comes to mind? Gosh, you know, there, there are like years now of stories to that end. So I'm trying to like sift through and think about um, which one maybe best illustrates um, what we get to experience. So, you know, something that, that is true is that just like anybody else people who are poor and, and their lives are broken in in a societal way um they have their struggles you know they they have their vices and the sin that like entangles them in some way but um but they also have an incredible amount of faith and hope in christ and um you know we we kind of did this thing gosh i guess last fall and into the winter a little bit when the weather was okay where um we go down to this stoop. Basically, there is a house that had burned down because homeless people were living in it, and they, they lit a heater, caught the house on fire, burned it down. But the guy who owned the property, you know, he he tries to be open-handed in, in a way to the homeless, so he lets people kind of hang out on the property and sit on the stoop right in front of where the house used to stand. So, so we started doing this thing. We called it Soup on the Stoop, where Matt would bring a camp stove and we'd bring some cans of soup and some cooking gear, you know, some paper bowls and plastic spoons and just kind of start cooking lunch for ourselves um, and would then invite people as they walked by to join us for lunch and we'd make coffee and, you know, that's something we've learned is when it comes to like breaking bread, I mean, that's a holy act. It's in scripture all over the place, right? Like people are breaking breaking bread with Christ and... um, when we do that, we often set ourselves up like behind a counter, right? And we serve food to the poor. But something, gosh, like miraculous happens when we are willing to sit down and eat and break bread with the poor. So, uh, so we set up, we were doing soup on the stoop, and you know, several of our friends were coming by and eating with us. But um, gosh, one guy in particular is, is a guy, David. And David had cancer um, some years ago and has had like, gosh, some part of his like neck removed where he had had some cancer he's blind in one eye um he struggles with drinking and um and he lives on the streets so he he has a really hard life but as we sat down um you know we, we always talk to him and he'll kind of keep it pretty surface level um every now and then going a little bit deeper but we sat down matt made some coffee for him and you know we're sitting there drinking coffee together eating soup together and it's kind of like out of nowhere david just started sharing these stories about his past Uh, like by way of confession and like he wanted to get these things off of his chest because nobody in his life was there to listen to his confession right so well he had god to pray to he didn't have any brothers in christ to to talk to about the things that were weighing him down the burdens on his heart so so he started sharing some some parts of his life some were pretty grim right and then other ways that he had been abused and hurt even recently uh, beaten up, you know, it's it's really dangerous living on the streets. So you know, you might be asleep and somebody might just jump on you and, and start start wailing on you and trying to get something from you. So that had happened to him before, and he was just unloading all of this. And um, you know, he was starting to cry a little bit, and 
you know, we told him the gospel and reminded him, gosh, that there's forgiveness in Christ and that there's hope and salvation in Christ. You know, he nodded his head. He, he believes that, which is the beautiful thing. He already believes that. And he just confessed, you know, I'm really mad at God. I get really mad at God. And we had this opportunity to tell him, like, God can handle that, right? Like, God can handle us being mad at him. Um, but we realized later, like, man, who, who does David get to talk to in that way? Um, he doesn't feel welcome in the church. You know, some of that's on him. Some of it might be on the, on the churches in the, in the area. I don't know. I can't say what his experience have been, experiences have been. But he doesn't feel welcome inside a church building. But he wants that pastoral interaction. He wants to hear the gospel and, and to make a confession and, and to be reminded that his sins have been covered. Um, which, gosh, I think any pastor hopes for people in that state. You know, people who are in a broken, humble position who want to talk about their sin and talk about the gospel. So, so that's one story. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Matt? Yeah, as you were sitting there talking about that story, I think about, you know, how, you know, one thing, Dan, that we feel God has put in our heart is, um, first and foremost, we are, we are 100% about sharing what God is doing. Uh, we we want to see God's name glorified first and foremost and and lifted up and um, and and we man we don't require any of the credit for any of that and that that is our that is truly our heart um, that we walk forward in and so one thing that we feel like God has called us to is to share the stories about you know what God is doing in these communities um, so that His name might be glorified through this and so people will see. Um, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, what, what is actually happening, um, like on this ground level. And so, you know, it's really cool. We have this opportunity to kind of make these little videos that, you know, we try to make, not highlight anything about us, but to just point out how God is actively working every day in the lives of the people in these communities. And, um, and he, he has blessed us with an opportunity to be there and to be a witness be his witnesses and to, to testify about how he works in the lives of, of people that are out in these communities. And, you know, we've, we've told some of these stories, we call them nomad stories and we, we make little videos and, um, you know, in a lot of these stories, it, time and time again, we see how people come into a situation thinking that, that God is not, a priority or not in the lives of the people that we come in contact with and how often people are just spun around backwards when they come to find out that these people have a great faith their situation in life might be terrible but they have a great faith in God and they wake up praying to God that that um, that he continues to to not be far from them and scripture tells us that like that he is near to the brokenhearted. He is near to these people. And so they believe that and they cry out to God every day. They love Jesus and they believe in him um, despite the circumstances that they're in. And that's hard for some people to believe. Um, but God continues to reveal that not only to us, but to, to people who get to join with us. And so, you know, I, I think about there's a woman in this neighborhood who is a, a good friend of ours. And as we go walking, you know, we'll, we'll see her and, you know, she, 
She comes from a very interesting upbringing. A, a lot of dysfunction and trauma has happened in her family over the years. Um, she has a lot of siblings and they're in various states of like um, struggling with mental illnesses or addiction or, you know, in and out of jail. And um, But she is a firm believer. Her name's Alicia. And she she knows the scriptures it's on her heart and she loves sharing the gospel with people and she you know in the past she's gone with us and sharing the gospel with people in the community um you know a year ago we went on a walk we took some people from a local church on a, on a prayer walk and when we ran into alicia she began sharing her faith with them and sharing the gospel with them and and she circled everybody up and she prayed over each of the people that was in this group that came down to love her and to pray for her she blessed them in a way where she was just pouring her heart out, um, again, sharing her faith in the gospel with them and praying specifically for each of the people that were in this group. And not only was that like just such an encouraging thing to see like God working through this this person who has more struggles than any any person <laughs> could possibly even imagine. She is, she is also herself uh, in jail, out of jail, you know, like all these things. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that she doesn't believe that she doesn't have a faith. You know, she has these struggles that, that are overwhelming for her sometimes. And, you know, as we walk with her and we, we continually share not only um, grace, but truth with her always. And, and she knows that, and, you know, she knows the truth of these things, but she, is so encouraged by the Lord that she continues to share uh, the message of hope with people. And that's overwhelming for the people that are receiving that. Because I can guarantee you that many of them didn't start that day thinking that someone was going to pray over them in that way. You know, I, I'm sure they all assumed it was going to be the complete opposite of that. Especially as like accurate as she was. So she knows the scriptures. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, a lot of the people we run into, they'll start talking about their take on scriptures and some of it will be all right, and some of it is nuts, right? Yeah. A lot of it's like, that's not in the Bible. But Alicia was one who was like, she has a sound theology. Like, she knows she knows the gospel. She could probably articulate the gospel in a more real way than, <laughs> honestly, people that I know that I go to <laughs> church pastors that I, I, yeah, yeah. that I go to church with. You know, so that's, 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 such a, that's a testament to, like, the work that God is doing, not, a, not any of us, the work that he's doing in the lives of people. And we never want to discount that. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing. The next thing I'd like to kind of get into is that that notion. We kind of talked about that before we uh, jumped on the podcast that uh, a lot of times people that can cover up their mess with money or with looking good on the outside sometimes discredit or discount people who are obviously struggling in society as in living on the streets or not being able to afford basic things that <clears throat> most middle upper class Americans can afford. And so there's some other stigma. Well, they're not walking with God, almost like that Joe principle. Well, like something's wrong with you mm -hmm. because you're struggling and you're hurting. And obviously that is not true. And I know I, I experienced some of that in my journey. And so I'm, I'm really passionate about um, that, that kind of thing as well. So <clears throat> can you kind of speak into that a little bit and, and what your take is on that? And then also leading into that, maybe kind of discuss how someone that is living that middle class, upper middle class American life, how they can just kind of get rid of those distractions and, you know, see God for who he is 
and just yeah, be used by him. I'll, I'll you know? say this first and foremost, and then I'll, I'll let Preston kind of elaborate on it. But something we tell people all the time, like, listen, it, a lot of the people that are coming down here, uh, getting involved, you know, they, they're struggling with a lot of the same junk that the people down here are struggling with. But they're, they're a lot, I say this, just like all of us. And I'm, you know, I'm probably included in this. We're, we're a lot better at hiding that. Down here in the neighborhoods, like, everybody wears a struggle on their sleeve. So it's right out in the open for everybody to see. And they don't, they don't have time or the, or, uh, or the liberty to, like, walk around trying to hide it. It's Which is refreshing, right? Yeah, Sometimes you can have yeah. real conversations with them. <laughs> it's it's super refreshing for me because you know that's that's a, that's something you can immediately begin to like to you kind of respect it in a way, you know. So like that that's why I always tell people like it's there's a lot of same stuff. It's just down here. It's like out in the open, you know. So I'll let Preston kind of elaborate on that. You know, we Matt and I will sit down and counsel people. Not, not that we and ourselves have any ability to counsel anybody, but the, the Spirit arranges these uh, relationships. And some of them are people who, you know, would be considered more middle class, and some are people on the streets. And, you know, it's interesting because we can be counseling somebody who, who comes from a more middle class privileged um, situation, and it takes, like, session after session after session before there's finally like a, a breakthrough of some sort right go, okay there it is like there is the sin that is like crouching and hiding but then like man just an example I, I remember meeting somebody a few years ago this woman i had never even talked to her before well i take that i did talk to her once but she was like totally drunk right she there's no way she remembered it so in her mind this is the first time she's ever talked to me she knows i'm a minister uh, but Within that conversation, I mean, a 10-minute conversation, she's telling me about her alcoholism and her struggle with alcohol. And I'm like, okay, so it takes 10 minutes with this person, and it might take hours and hours for this other person to, like, admit what's going on in their lives. And as I talked to her and was sharing the gospel with her, like, man, do you, like, do you trust in Jesus? Like, you know Jesus, his forgiveness is there, and, like, there's hope in him. And, and her response was, honey, I'm banking on it. And I think about, like, that was so true to her. Like in her mind, she's going to stand before the judgment throne of God and be like totally casting herself on Christ. And it scares the heck out of me to think that I might be standing there and like trying to make up some weird excuse to God and like trying to hide my sin. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like Jesus talked about this, right? So like, I love the parable of, you know, there's a Pharisee and there's a, a tax collector who go up to pray, right? And the Pharisee is this dude who, like, can't even see that there's sin in his life. You know, he's thanking God about how righteous he is, how holy he is, how he's not like this tax collector and this sinner over here. And, you know, then he goes to the tax collector who won't even look up, right? He's so humbled before God, he won't look up. He's beating his chest and saying, you know, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, and what does Jesus say? Like, it's not just like, oh, that prayer was good and that prayer was bad. He said, no, like the tax collector went home justified before God, right? Like our, our willingness and our ability to lay things bare before God is, is the key to us receiving like the gift of salvation. Otherwise, we're just pushing it away and trying to claim something for ourselves. And in my experience, the people on the street, the people in these neighborhoods are, are closer to that place of humility than a lot of, uh, not all, obviously, but a lot of other professing Christians that I've met who are unwilling to admit that, like, if it wasn't for their privilege or their, like, head start in life, that they'd be in the same spot, 
I mean, I, I love that. And I think that's one of the reasons, even for years, I, I, I preferred hanging out in the hood as opposed to middle class, upper middle class environments. I always have, you know, because that's kind of how I grew up and and just in my years fight my way through from being a homeless teenager in the U.S. to where I am now. I had some of the best conversations just on the streets, you know, with people that were obviously doing stuff that people look down on, whether it's prostitution, drugs, gangs, you know, but they get real because it's out there. Yeah, this is who I am. I'm not hiding anything. And so that's one thing that we can learn from those people, right? So I can be reminded, we can all be reminded by those people that, hey, man, you can't hide anything Mm. from God. So it's really... Gosh, it's something that anybody can do to, to grow their relationship with God is, is, is go in those environments and, and learn from those people that are in that place of humility and, and, and realness, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, and I think to answer your other question, too, about how can, how can we, you know, move aside these distractions, Yes, right? I think to speak into that is, is to, to remind ourselves, to remind each other every day that, like, there's not like this on and off switch. There's not this like time clock that you're that you're punching into as it comes to like walking with the spirit. You know, walking with the spirit in your life is every day, moment by moment. Um, but it comes down to like willingness to like listen, listen every moment, listen day by day, not in just like important like things that you think are important decisions or like these times. But to remember that like this is this is something that's in our life that is that is a daily moment by moment, second by second thing to walk faithfully with the spirit and to be listening to what God is telling you in all things, not just again, not just like these, you know, I need to make this big decision. I'm going to pray about it type of thing. But like to realize that God is constantly providing opportunities in your life, always. And scripture tells us that he wants us to take hold of each of these opportunities. Jesus tells us that he wants us to capture all these thoughts for him. You know, everything. And to begin to see the world. You know, when we, in this way that that Jesus sees the world, it's it's his kingdom. And, you know, he talks about when we are transformed by the gospel and we are born again, we're born again with these kingdom eyes and we're able to see with this kingdom perspective and everything gets filtered through that. And when you are living your life, focusing on what that is happening, it is, it is a lot harder for you to, to, to start focusing on yourself. And that, that is, that is a struggle that everyone deals with is, is seeing things in their, like their, their filter, not, not the kingdom filter, but in their filter, like how it affects them, how, you know, in all these selfish ways that we always lift ourselves up and nobody is excluded from that. We all struggle with that. But when we begin to really make it a priority moment by moment to live by the spirit, that is, that is when we, we begin to let go of, of self and the way that we lift ourselves up and all these things like that. You mean the spirit isn't calling us to like love ourselves? <laughs> exactly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> a, you know. Yeah, that's a weird trend. That's great, man. So I'm just gonna recap this. So what you're saying is listening to God, sitting with the Father. I think that's some. It's kind of a discipline that I'm trying to really focus on right now too. Is is, is something that's been valuable in my walk. I feel like where it's not just always study, study, study. I got to read another book. I got to read ten chapters in the Bible, but just sitting with the Father. 
and just meditating on the good news that he has for us in our specific situation. Someone once told me, like, what is God telling you? What's the good news in your bad news? Because for every bad news, God has a good news. It's way beyond just fire insurance and being saved. But for every situation in our life, God has some good news for us. Yeah, right? and, and to realize, too, this is something God's been showing us over the few last few years. It's like waiting, waiting for him is not a passive thing. It is an active it is a participating, active thing to wait for God's timing and for him to, to tell us to move when he wants us to move. And that's active. That's not a passive thing where you're just sitting around twiddling your thumbs or whatever. Like he has, he has when a, a time and a place that he was asking you to move. And, and when he's ready and you move, man, you move then. Like don't hesitate. But like it's not just sitting around waiting. Like there is, like he... You know, when we, we say that to some people and it's like, you know, I think some people use that uh, and they use that the way that they talk about it in a way that like is is trying to justify like them not having to do anything, you know, like and I think I think that's where people lose faith in the fact that like sometimes we we really need to do a better job at, at like listening and being patient and waiting for God and not trying to run ahead and like forge forge our own thing or it's kind of like you know we've met people that are running through a jungle with a machete chopping down stuff looking back going god catch up with me like that's not how it works like god god is the one that is leading us and you cannot go before god god must go before you because when you're you're trying to forge your own thing it is that is that is a slippery there's slope. nowhere in scripture where that works out well for somebody none no <laughs> nowhere <laughs> So I think it's good, like you were just saying, it's good to, to sit and li- listen to what God is doing and to not try to forge our own things for, because then it's just for our glory and not his. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for your great insight. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for following your passion and your calling. Um, I feel like what you said was really inspiring, and I hope all of us can can learn something from this conversation in regards to just paying attention to what God is doing around us taking some time to listen and to learn from the marginalized. I feel like a lot of times we experience God in the margins by learning from the marginalized because a lot of times they're closer to God than we are because they're more desperate. And when we're more desperate for God, we're closer to God. And a lot of times, sadly, we feel like we don't need him because we can just pay for everything and we're so busy with our daily nice, cush, little middle-class lives. So um, note to self, guys. Well, thank you so much. God bless you all. And in closing, I would like to thank uh, Strike Force Energy for their support. Uh, for some great discounts, go over to strikeforceenergy.com slash discount slash RTD to support the work that God is doing here in our community and in our organization. Thank you very much. And until next time, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.